0: Welcome to the first episode of Machine Minds. Machine Minds is a podcast exploring how technology is reshaping our relationships with our bodies, minds and each other. We'll be interviewing researchers, activists and people whose day-to-day lives are being changed by technology in dramatic and subtle ways. My name's Holly.
1: And I'm Ruben. Okay, Holly, I want to kick off this episode with a riddle for you.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Okay, so a father and his son are in a car accident. Mm-hmm. The father dies at the scene right. and the son, badly injured, is rushed to the hospital. Okay. In the operating room, the surgeon looks at the boy and says, I can't operate on this boy, he's my son.
0: But his dad is dead in the accident, so... Yep. I don't... I don't... I don't get it. Like, how could the dad be the surgeon as well... If he's dead... Uh, I, don't, I don't know.
1: He isn't. The surgeon is his mother. Oh,
0: okay. Wow. I can't believe I didn't get that. Yeah.
2: Don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this riddle confuses lots of people. And it's not that we think that women can't be surgeons. It's just that the first yeah. image that came to your mind when you thought about a surgeon was a man.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true.
1: And funny enough, if you put the word surgeon into an image search engine... The first image that comes up is a man. Really? So, same thing. If you search nurse, it's all women.
0: Mm. Okay. So, this episode, we're going to be looking at bias and social stereotyping and how it's permeated our online world, in particular search engines. Search engines now have the power to influence how we see the world and how they guide us to certain content over others, and how they cater to our interests based on our internet history. And we're not the first people to notice this problem in our search engine results. You may have heard of the controversy around the search results for professional hair at work last year. A Twitter user called Bonnie Kimona discovered that an image search for unprofessional hair for work produced a set of images that almost exclusively depicted women of colour. And when she searched for professional hair, she just got a ton of images of white women. Now before we go into this controversy about search engines, let's just take a moment to talk about social stereotypes, where they come from and what impact they have. Now psychologists have come to realise that stereotyping other people helps us to make sense of the world, Stereotypes simplify things, and so reduce the time it takes for us to process things we experience. But the danger is that stereotyping can lead us to hold prejudiced attitudes, and also box people into social groups that are quite prescriptive and tell us what certain people should look like or how they should behave. And there was a point when psychologists realised that they couldn't just measure the stereotypes people held about other people by asking them what they thought explicitly, These things were often going on in people's minds without them being aware of it. And this explains why, even though I know women can be surgeons, I was still stumped by that riddle earlier on. This phenomenon is referred to as unconscious bias, you may have heard of it. And one way of measuring it comes using something called the implicit association test.
1: So, we checked in with Reham Sati and Vivek Doraiswamy, who are the CEO and CTO of Mivitai, a company that attempts to detect and overcome cognitive biases using new technologies.
3: Everyone has a bias, whether it's age, gender, sexuality, etc. And so what this the IET test does is it will ask you a series of, kind of questions, depending on what bias you try to investigate, and it will compute your reaction time to those tests.
1: So if you wanted to test if someone has an implicit bias against, say, gay people, you'd see how long it would take them to match the concept straight people or gay people with positive or negative concepts. A faster reaction time suggests that the brain more easily associates one thing with another. So if it takes you more time to associate gay with good, then you may have an implicit unconscious bias. As well as the IAT test, Reham and Vivek are looking at detecting unconscious bias through eye tracking, and brain scanning.
3: They say recruiters spend about six seconds per CV and what we wanted to do is try and explore in that six seconds where their eyes are looking which uses the eye tracking technology but also how their brain reacts to it so where is kind of the largest neural activity so if they see for example university you know Oxford University versus Cambridge how in that split second judgment what does um, their brain activity result in? And so what we wanted to do is use the EEG to be able to detect that and possibly correct for unconscious bias once you have this neuro, neuro, neuroimaging data.
1: So there's this thing called unconscious bias. We have various ways of trying to detect it. Mm-hmm. But what are the impacts of these stereotypes on people? It's not just that people have these biases and might treat people differently, but it's also that if you're a member of a group with a negative stereotype, then this could affect your behaviour abilities too. So people have studied this. A study in 1999 found that if Asian women were reminded of ethnicity before taking a test, they performed better. But if they were reminded of their gender before taking the test, they performed worse than the control group.
0: Wow. So in this case, just being reminded of their gender, and in this case I think it's right that they were just being reminded by quite a subtle questionnaire that they had to fill in at the beginning of the test. That alone impacted how well they did on the test. Yep. Wow, that blows my mind a little bit. So at this point you might be wondering what all of this has to do with search engines and technology. Well, if being reminded about being a woman before you take a test makes you perform worse, What do you think would happen if you were searching for information about a potential career and none of the images you found reflected people like you? In the same way as the Asian women taking the exam performed differently depending on the stereotype they'd been reminded of, seeing images of people that aren't like you might send you a message that this job isn't for people like you.
1: We wanted to learn more about how much the search engines that we use today reflect these social stereotypes. So we spoke with Jana Otabaka,
3: hi, an
1: assistant professor at the Open University in Cyprus, and Paul Clough, Hello. professor of information retrieval in the information school at the University of Sheffield. And they were influenced by a previous piece of research which looked at distribution of gender for different professions in search engine results.
2: One of the really obvious things that you can see, for example, if you do a Google image search and you search for doctor versus nurse, You can see right off the bat the kinds of gender stereotypes that are reproduced um, concerning the professions.
1: They wanted to take this further and look at character traits and gender stereotypes. So things like warmth, assertiveness, aggression, kindness, and whether these traits were more often represented by women or by men. And According to social psychologists, these character traits can be placed along two dimensions, known as the big two.
2: The big two dimensions are, generally speaking, uh, the warmth dimension, um, which has to do with the extent to which we perceive someone as having um, pro-social intentions toward us, that they're that they're not a threat, um, and agency, which has to do with how capable we view someone as being. What social psychologists believe is that stereotypes essentially are made up of combinations of these two. Uh, dimensions. So, for example, you know, conventional gender stereotypes, women are perceived as being very high in warmth and relatively low in agency, and then the reverse is true for men.
1: Okay, so we've heard that there are these gender stereotypes in images about professions. We know that there are these two character dimensions, the big two, and that men are commonly associated with competent traits, like assertiveness and rationality, and women are more often associated with warm traits, like kindness and empathy.
2: Uh, what we did was we used the um, the Bing Image Search uh, API, and we formulated queries uh, which were based on 68 character traits. So things like um, emotional person or um, assertive person for each character trait that we studied, we submitted it to um, four uh, regional search markets. So it was um, the UK search market, the US search market, India, and South Africa. For each search, um, what were the proportion of images that depicted women, men, uh, mixed groups, and then we compared.
1: So what did they find? So first of all, they found that if they just searched person, then that returned twice as many men as women.
0: And this is the most surprising thing of all to me. So just searching person returns twice as many men as women. I didn't think that they would find that at all.
1: So what about the character traits? So they found that traits like ambition, intelligence and rationality, typical of the competence dimension, were significantly more often represented by men. And warm traits like emotional, expressive, sensitive, are more often represented by women.
0: And while I'm kind of not surprised by these findings, they do make me quite angry. Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm having quite a stereotypically emotional response to it, (laughs) Um, but I kind of feel... Like in society these days, no one's telling me explicitly that as a woman, I'm not intelligent and I can't be ambitious. But this algorithm has in some way absorbed this message, this thing that is entirely data driven, that doesn't have any agency of its own. And that in turn makes me realise how deep seated these stereotypes are. And actually, we're in nowhere near combating them. And I kind of thought we were.
1: So one thing might be interesting to look at is, well, were there differences between the different countries that they studied? And they found that actually, yeah, there were differences between uh, the UK, the US, India, Canada and South Africa. The Indian version of the search engine thought traits like dogmatic, obstinate and strong minded were gender neutral. But in other regions, these terms tended to be depicted with photos of men. Likewise, creative, dominant and energetic were often represented by photos of women in the US and Indian markets, whereas they're presented as being more masculine traits in the UK and South Africa.
0: I mean, yeah, that is interesting to me. It does it does suggest that there is a real cultural dimension here, and it does vary according to where you are in the world.
1: Okay, so what should we do about this? Whose fault <laughs> is it? <laughs> Is it the search engines? Should we blame them?
0: Who's to blame?
1: These are, if you like, the results coming back generated from the stuff that's being indexed, uh, the algorithms, but also what it's a reflection of society. It's a reflection of you know what people are providing for content to be, be indexed. OK, so it's not that simple. There's not like one person in charge who's making the decisions about which <sighs> really? things should be in which order. It's the result of all of us, it's uploading photos, it's how we tag them, mm. it's the photos we decide to click on, and the images that we, that we use more than others. So that makes me think it's pretty hard to change because it's the whole of society, it's lots of different people making lots of different decisions and actions. And so the obvious way to change it would be to change society. <laughs> um, and if it's just a reflection of what people are searching, then the algorithm behind the search engine isn't really to blame. The algorithm just preserves the status quo. And is it even possible for the search engine not to be biased in some way? And again, there's those questions around, well, is that fair or would you expect that from a search engine?
0: So I guess this depends. In some cases, um, search engines aren't even representing the world as it is, let alone how we would like it to be. So take that search for a person that they found returned images that were two thirds male obviously this is wrong it should be 50 50 male female but then there are other things like character traits that dana and paul were looking at where it's not obvious that the answer should be 50 50 and as we've seen these things vary depending you know on what country you're in and what culture you're part of
1: but like what about the doctor's case so like Mm. in that case um we might want the search engine to represent the real proportion of male and female doctors, even if it is, in fact, unbalanced and there are more men than women. Because that might potentially, you know, we might be worried about that because it might send the wrong message to young girls who want to be doctors. On the other hand, do we want to portray it in an idealised way where there is an equal gender balance, even if that's not actually accurate?
0: What, so if I searched for surgeon, it would be entirely photos of women of all colours?
1: Yeah,
0: could be. <laughs> the dream world
1: could be I mean should we demand that our online selves are represented as better than our real selves um, and one reason we might want to do that is because we might want to have like affirmative action, we might want to help um, counter biases against certain groups and that way shift the goalposts and encourage people to go into professions that they historically haven't been in
0: mm-hmm. so like, how could we do that? Like, how would we even begin to do that?
1: Well, you know, for instance, search engines could intervene and change the results to correct the bias in some way. So, as you say, forcing more photos of female doctors to come higher in the search results.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, it it's a start, but I'm not sure if I like the idea of search engines having that responsibility. I mean, they already have an awful lot of power, even if they exercise that responsibility well, at the end of the day, they're private companies, they're not beholden to us, really, they're beholden to their shareholders. And, and it's important to remember that they're really, on the, on, the hat, on, the, on the whole, they're coming from one culture, the culture of Silicon Valley, and it's being rolled out to the rest of the world.
1: And actually, it's not just one norm that's being imposed on everyone, it's actually reflecting back different norms to different people
2: have a whole other set of possible biases that can come into play because of the fact that, you know, the search results these days are highly personalized mm. with respect to the the model of the search engine, um, the model of the user that the search engine has produced based on, you know, ge- not only geographical location, but previous, previous behavior and current behaviors.
1: So it's actually a different uh, set of results for each person.
2: So I
0: suppose one solution... So this problem of bias in search results could be the kind of expansion of that personalization of content that you're exposed to online. So, you know, in a way, everyone would see a world that they wanted to see.
1: Of course, you know, that has problems in that we already live in these filter bubbles. And if we're seeing results that just reflect the worlds that we want to see then, you know, we're growing further apart as a society. You know, political polarisation means that you'll only see things that confirm your existing views, Mm. and you become more and more alienated from other people in your society.
0: Yeah, and I think we've seen problems with that in recent elections in the UK and in the US. Um, Okay, so, Ruben, I was very excited by this one story that i discovered during our research for this episode and it's an example of how groups of people who are unhappy with particular search results or google 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 (laughs) also complete results um, can take the situation into their own hands and manage to play the system
1: okay tell me more
0: so there was outrage in romania about six years ago when some Romanians found that when they typed in things like Romanians R into Google search, the autocomplete suggestions were quite offensive. And there was quite a lot of outrage about this on Romanian media. If you search Romanians R, Google automatically answers lousy, stupid, and thieves. So in response, Rom, one of Romania's largest chocolate bar companies, built a website called Romanians are smart, and they encouraged Romanians to search for specific terms on Google that would take them to this website. And within only one month, more positive terms were beginning to appear in the autocomplete suggestions, things like Romanians are smart, Romanians are intelligent. And if enough people searched for positive phrases, then they began to be suggested instead of the negative ones. And I really like this story because it feels like, you know, it makes sense just as in the real world where we've had to have activists and campaigners taking a stand on certain issues, pulling stunts, getting attention in order to change social attitudes. Like, it's the same with the online sphere as well.
3: Mm,
1: A slightly worrying thing for me about this is that, every social cause then has to become part of this weird search engine optimization industry where it's all about you know like getting like gaming the system shouting louder putting in the right tags you know and that doesn't feel like a satisfactory resolution
0: but isn't that how the world works like think about politics and lobbying it's one campaign group shouting louder than the other whoever has more money or influence or a bigger following of people and I think eventually those things kind of even out or have a way of writing themselves over time. Another thing to add to the mix here is about increasing all of our awareness of bias that's inbuilt into these systems so that we can all be critical consumers of them and this is something that's come up a lot recently when we think about the concept of fake news and People
2: being able to kind of be critical consumers, encouraging users, whether they be individual end users of a search engine or uh, developers who are, you know, building new applications based on APIs. I think the the main thing is just, you know, be critical, be a critical consumer of these technologies, and realize that, um, you know, they will likely always be biased in some way. Um, you know, I think. It's, it's kind of on you in a way, right? If you develop something on top of, um, for example, the Bing image search API and, I don't know, you have an application that shows, for some reason, images of doctors and they're all men. I mean, be, be critical of that, I think.
0: So one of the things that you can do, listeners, um, as well as being careful about the images you upload, tag, click on and share... You can share this podcast with your friends and family and raise awareness of bias in search engine results. (laughs) And, of course, this is all in the spirit of education. If you liked this episode, please subscribe. There'll be more soon. Thanks to all the people who spoke to us this time. There's some further reading on today's topic on our website, machinemindspodcast.com.